0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B Y T E.com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
1: Good evening. I'm Dr. Gina, and this is primetime. Glad to have you with us this evening. Now, we've been waiting a long time. For the remaining Russiagate documents to be declassified and released. And it's finally happening. The headline at Just the News says this. Trump declassifying a trove of FBI memos exposing Steele's motivations ties to impeachment witness. John Solomon coming up a little later on in the show. And he is the top journalist in the world who's been on the Russiagate story since the very beginning. He will run through what we know so far. So don't miss a moment of that. But we are now five days from the inauguration of Joe Biden, and the city of Washington, D.C. is on a virtual lockdown. There are more troops in D.C. than there are in Afghanistan and Iraq right now. And I want to show you again. We played this last night, but here's a reminder of what Washington, D.C. looked like four years ago. This is a compilation of several national news reports of the violence committed by anti-Trump rioters at President Trump's inauguration day. Watch.
2: Protesters lined part of the parade route and in some parts of the Capitol, there were confrontations with police.
3: The anger reaching a boiling point in the nation's capital after President Trump took the oath of
2: office. POLICE IN RIOT GEAR FACING OFF AGAINST THE PROTESTERS
3: JUST SIX BLOCKS FROM THE inaugural PARADE, UNLEASHING PEPPER SPRAY, CONCUSSION GRENADES, ALL TO DISPERSE THE CROWD.
2: BURNING CARS AND SMASHED WINDOWS, A SMALL GROUP OF PROTESTERS DRESSED IN BLACK, THEIR FACES COVERED, ARMED WITH HAMMERS AND BRICKS. FACING OFF WITH THOUSANDS OF OFFICERS ON SITE, MANY IN RIOT GEAR, CONFRONTING THEM WITH flashbang GRENADES AND PEPPER SPRAY. BEFORE THE SWEARING IN CEREMONY EVEN BEGAN, PROTESTERS TRIED TO BLOCK CHECKPOINT ENTRANCES. DURING PRESIDENT TRUMP'S SPEECH, SEVERAL DEMONSTRATORS WERE ESCORTED OUT OF THE AREA. Several officers injured during the protest today and more than a hundred people arrested. Tonight thousands of protesters remain in downtown DC, occasionally facing off with police. We have seen many people injured, both protesters and police officers.
1: there that day and I was there at that day the infamous day last week at the Capitol and can, can I just tell you absolutely no comparison no comparison. That was utter chaos. There were cars burning. Everyone in the streets was rioting. If you were standing outside the Capitol building just this last week, in the one that the media won't stop talking about, and the one where all the arrests and investigations are actually happening, I can tell you that you didn't know anything was going on because there was absolutely zero violence or ill will of any sort happening outside of the Capitol building. Whatever was happening inside, which is still being investigated and debated, and we're going to be following up on all of that, and I believe all violence should be punished. That was happening inside. Absolutely. But if you were standing outside, it was a happy, a bunch of happy people out there. Uh, totally different from what uh, what took place um, at the inauguration four years ago. Those were a bunch of violent people. I can assure you of that. Um, but it's interesting because four years ago at the Trump inauguration in Washington D.C., the whole city was ransacked. There were no curfews. The city was not locked down. And the worst part: over 200 people were arrested during that violence. Get this, not one person, not one was punished. You heard that completely right. A handful of those arrested at the Trump inauguration riots uh, did go to trial. Now their legal defense, their food, their hotels, their other expenses were paid for by leftist groups. You heard that correctly too. And the few who did go to court were then acquitted on some charges and the jury was hung on all the rest. And the eighteen months after Trump's inauguration, prosecutors dropped the charges on the rest of those rioters who were arrested that day. That's what happens when leftists riot. All of the destruction and violence you saw in the mainstream media news reports earlier were committed by people who were given a completely and utterly free pass. So when they talk about violence, they're not being consistent. Because when when I talk about violence, I say anyone who commits violence, I don't care if it's a Trump supporter, I don't care if it's BLM, I don't care if it's Antifa, uh, I don't care who it is, they should be prosecuted to the final letter of the law. But when the left talks about violence, they only mean if it's a Trump supporter or if it could possibly be construed as a Trump supporter, they should be prosecuted to the final degree of the law. How many of those who entered the Capitol last last week will see their charges dropped? I bet you can make a pretty accurate, educated guess, can't you? And that's the same story we're going to hear over and over. The soon-to-be Vice President Kamala Harris helped raise some money for a bail fund that would spring rioters out of jail of those who were arrested. And this week at Just the News, there's a story of the bail fund promoted by Kamala Harris. Um, They won't share records of the criminals who were released from jail thanks to that exact fund. So there you have it all the hypocrisy in the world. Although we don't know from other sources, or rather we do know from other sources, that Kamala's get-out-of-jail-free fund helped one individual who allegedly shot at police officers during riots in Minnesota, and also a woman accused of killing a friend and a twice a convicted sex offender. But we will never know the identities of the rest of the criminals who Kamala Harris helped get out of jail. And it's no wonder that the riots continued throughout the summer of 2020. If nobody's punished, guess what? Guess what? Riots continue. There was rarely any consequence to rioting, burning, looting, and all the rest of the things that happened. Right now, Washington DC is in a virtual lockdown. It's a militarized zone. You can't take a car into much of DC. I was there. You have to walk for miles just to catch a ride. No protests are allowed. No one is allowed to attend the inauguration next week. Not that that many were going to anyway. It's clear that anti-Trump or anti-police protesters are judged by a completely different standard. Let's look back at what we know about BLM Antifa riots that happened over the summer. The statistics are staggering. In a report from the Major Cities Chiefs Association, there were over a billion dollars of damage done in major cities across America. At least 30 deaths. Over 2,000 police officers injured, 97 police cars were burned, 624 incidents of arson, 2,400 incidents of looting. You paid for this, by the way. And violence was celebrated by the media and the Democrats in Congress. Republicans, many of them, were largely quiet. They didn't want to take on the media. Compare that to the Capitol breach last week. There were 30 officers injured, five deaths. Three of those were from uh, medical emergencies and not from violence, by the way. And it's disgusting that the mainstream media uses the people who died from medical emergencies to push a narrative that all the protesters in DC that day were violent. I talked to them, most weren't. The deaths that resulted from the Capitol breach that day are. Ashley Babbitt, who was shot by a Capitol Police officer when trying to climb through a window at the Capitol, and the Capitol Police officer, Brian Sicknick, who was struck over the head that day, and the investigation into his death is still ongoing. Those deaths are tragic and never, ever should have happened. No violence should have happened. Those 30 deaths over the summer and over 2,000 officers injured also should have never happened. Remember the St. Louis uh, sheriff that was killed? And remember, the violence at the Trump inauguration should have never happened, too. But the double standard is almost unbelievable in the reporting and in the uh, droning on of the left. And suddenly now, D.C. officials know exactly how to keep everyone safe from violence. And isn't that ironic? The city of Washington, D.C., and the federal government have kicked into high gear to keep the peace in D.C. as Biden and the Democrats take power in Washington, D.C., and it all happened overnight. If it were this easy to keep the streets of D.C. safe, then why didn't that happen during the Trump inauguration? During the riots over the summer where monuments were toppled, a church was burned, countless businesses were destroyed, police officers were, and protesters were injured and some killed? The double standard is apparent, and I don't think the elite D.C. politicians are fooling much of anyone. We have long memories. All right, let's head out to our hosts and correspondents around America. Our first stop is in Washington, D.C., where Carrie Sheffield has been looking into the possibility of President Trump's impeachment
4: trial being held after he leaves office. Carrie, go ahead. Hey there, Dr. Dean. I want to give you an update on an interesting debate on Capitol Hill. Does the Senate have the right to go to trial even after President Trump is out of office? Well, Senator Tim Cotton, for example, says no. No. He says that the Senate lacks the authority to hold the impeachment trial once Trump leaves office. He says that under the constitutional authority, it's not about doing an inquest against private citizens. He says the founders designed the impeachment process as a way to remove office holders from public office. So that's many Republicans are saying the same thing. On the other side, you have Senator Chuck Schumer, the Democratic leader, saying that a Senate trial can begin immediately with agreement from the current Senate majority leader to reconvene. That's Mitch McConnell. But he says even if Mitch McConnell says no, he says that there will be a vote when when he's out, when McConnell's out, he says that there will be a vote on convicting the president for high crimes and misdemeanors. So Schumer says yes. We do have the authority. What's interesting is on my program this morning, I had Steve Cortez. He actually thinks that the president should go to trial because he thinks it will help vindicate the president, especially in the eyes of the public opinion. He said because if you look at the article of impeachment, the second one, he says it's predicated on the assumption that the information that the president was saying was false about the election. And Steve said lots of these court rulings didn't even have anything to do with the substance it was about standing and so he said if this goes to trial it could actually be finally the president's day in court a very interesting argument of course we'll keep you posted on all of this now back to you dr Gina.
1: thanks so much carrie from there in washington dc now let's head on out to denver colorado to our real america's voice headquarters where jessica rivera is standing by jessica what do you have for us today
0: Well, Dr. Gina, in some other news, South Dakota Governor Kristi Noem has asked South Dakota Congress to introduce a bill that bans abortions of babies diagnosed with Down syndrome. Governor Noem says, quote, the Declaration of the Independence summarizes what we all know to be true in our hearts, that God created each of us and endowed all of us with the right to life. This is true for everyone including those with an extra chromosome, end quote. Uh, The bill and the request are in stark contrast to the country of Iceland, a country that has pretty much eliminated Down syndrome children altogether with abortions since the early 2000s. In 2017 alone, Iceland reported 100% of babies diagnosed with Down syndrome while in the womb were aborted, according to the CDC. The United States reports show 67% of pregnant women who receive a Down syndrome pr- uh, prenatal diagnosis end up actually following through with an abortion. And Dr. Gina, in South Dakota, if they pass this uh, ban on Down syndrome abortions, it w- they will join the likes of states like Tennessee, Ohio, Indiana, and Mississippi, with Tennessee, who even went further, on banning abortions based on the sex of the baby. Another US statistic shows older women, 35 years and older, do receive more Down syndrome prenatal diagnosis compared to younger women who are 34 years old or younger. But statistics also show younger women give birth to more Down syndrome babies than older women actually do in the United States.
1: Well, that's because I think they end up uh, with with less prenatal prenatal care, and therefore um, they end up having the babies more often uh, when they are, when they do have uh, because they don't have the diagnosis ahead of time. Uh, Jessica, you know that's a story very near and dear to my heart, and in fact we will be having Governor Gnome on the show about that because I texted with her the moment I heard because you know I have a son who was slated for abortion that we adopted, and uh, he is such a great joy. And I would encourage others to look into that um, if they have the opportunity. Adoption is a really great. Option over abortion of children with special needs. Um, Thank you so much for that, Jessica. Now let's head over to check in with news editor at Just the News, Joe Weber. Joe, what stories are you working on tonight?
5: Good evening. I just want to say one thing. Thank you so much for not letting me go after John Solomon. Uh, His reporting on the Russia investigation would be a very difficult act to follow. Anyway, (laughs) I think it's just a (laughs) follow-up. When you're reporting about um, the riots, I don't know whether your viewers know this or not, but Attorney General Letitia James, I think you might be familiar with her. She's suing the Trump Organization, suggesting that uh, they've inflated their real estate values for um, tax benefits and to get loans. Well, today uh, she has sued the New York City Police Department over what she calls excessive and brutal treatment of um, peaceful protesters in the in the um, riots related to the George Floyd protests. are um, pretty amazing there. If you recall, in July, three police officers, including the police chief uh, Terrence James, uh, were beaten over the head um, during those protests when uh, trying to separate two different groups on the Brooklyn Bridge. Um, the, she's even gone as far as the student, uh, New York City Mayor, Bill de Blasio, who he suggested that, that there some reform is needed in the police department But Patrick Lynch, uh, who is the president of the New York City Police Benevolent Association, which is the uh, police union, and I'll just read verbatim his response to that. He said, city leadership, I want to read this verbatim, uh, should be forced to answer about the resulting chaos instead of pointing fingers at cops on the streets and ignoring the criminals who attacked us with bricks and firebombs.
1: Wow. Wow. Yeah. Um, well, unbelievable. And I have to tell you regarding your comment um, on, um, on, on going after John Solomon that I did get a ton of compliments on having you on this show. So you hold your own pretty own pretty well there. So thank you so much. Anything else that we should be uh, tipped off to that you think will be coming, especially before Wednesday happens this week that you, you have well, coming our way?
5: One quick thing, and really, and if I just have another couple seconds, the T.D. Jones had a very, very ambitious 24 hours as you might have saw late breaking here, the NRA has filed for bankruptcy. Uh, they were in New York since 1987 as a nonprofit and James has uh, attacked them, suggesting that they have skirted the nonprofit while well, they filed for bankruptcy. Chapter 11 moved to reorganize in Texas. Now if you remember the NRA's stunning fall Uh, one of the most influential groups in the conservative movement for many, many years. It was a time when you couldn't get elected for office, Republican or Democrat, unless you passed an NRA scorecard. And um, just a stunning kind of fall from grace uh, for such a venerable organization over so long.
1: Hmm. Well, there's a lot of that happening out there right now, Joe. (laughs) A lot of falling from grace for organizations that we thought we could respect once upon a time. So thank you so much for being with us tonight. Appreciate it. All right, now coming up, John Solomon, as Joseph just mentioned, has the latest on the Russiagate documents that are being released in the final days of the Trump presidency. You will not want to miss that. He tips, up, uh, tips us off. More Dr. Gina Primetime will be coming at you right after this, so stick around.
0: Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available.
1: Welcome back to Dr. Tina Prime Time. Now, one of the final unfulfilled promises of the Trump administration is being fulfilled. The president has authorized the release of the remaining Russiagate documents that highlight the significant flaws in the investigation and show just when the FBI first released the Steele dossier was fake. And those documents were just now released into the public as we told you would happen last night here with us. Now the man who's been on top of this from the very beginning known worldwide for his investigation from our partners at JustTheNews.com, John Solomon. John, good to see you. John, I'm sure you've been combing through these documents. I don't even know how between the interviews that you're doing, you're having time to actually look at these. But really, you've known what was coming, right, John? What what have we seen? What do we expect to see? Yeah.
6: Yeah, so the documents have not yet been released. There's still a few more bureaucratic hands on them sadly. And so all we have is uh, the source reporting that I have on what's going to be in them. There is explosive revelations and they're big picture things. For instance, we will now know by his own admission Christopher Christopher Steele admits the reason he leaked the entire uh, Russia collusion narrative, the bogus story was it he was concerned that the email scandal engulfing Hillary Clinton might ruin her chance at the presidency. So he went to the media and leaked it out. That is an incredible acknowledgement. And it's similar to what the CIA had been telling President Obama as early as July 16, that, hey, this is a dirty trick by Hillary Clinton, be careful. And yet, despite all those warnings, the FBI went three years into a Russia collusion story that was never true. That's one of the biggest takeaways. Then there are fun revelations, right? There are things like Fiona Hill, one of the most famous impeachment witnesses against the president back in November 2019, a Russia expert at the NSC. Well, she's the person, according to Christopher Steele, who introduced him to his famous subsource, the person that gave him all of his bad Russian intelligence. And what do we know about that subsource? We now know that the FBI believed he was a Russian asset who escaped America just as the FBI was going to put a FISA on him. He's hanging out with Fiona Hill at the Brookings Institute. She introduces him to uh, Christopher Steele, and the birth of the dossier begins the Russian disinformation part of the birth of the the dossier. Really remarkable information to, to be coming out this late, two months after the 2020 election.
1: heads roll for this? Is anyone going to be held accountable in any way for this uh, Spygate hoax? Uh,
6: To date, there's only been one person prosecuted, a uh, mid-level FBI lawyer. There have been several FBI officials who've lost their jobs, Pete Strzok being a good example, Andrew McCabe, the deputy director. But there is a very strong, ongoing, robust, kind of visible criminal investigation currently going on by John Durham. I think that in the next three months, we will know whether Durham's gonna charge anyone else, but all the signs are they're acting like a prosecution team about to bring more criminal charges.
1: But John, the president re- requested the release of all these, declassified all these, going back uh, how long ago now?
6: 2019 is the first time I had a conversation where he said he was gonna do it. And he gave time for Durham to do his investigation. Uh, But all throughout this process, the same bureaucracies that gave us the bogus Russia scandal were sticking their hand out, their foot out, tripping up things, slowing down the declassification process past the election and nearly pulled it off with Trump leaving office. But to the president's good credit, to Mark Meadows' good credit, uh, they worked through this. They're going to get these documents out by Monday, and uh, the American public will finally have the transparency we've been demanding for more than two years.
1: But I guess, you know, for a lot of people, they're frustrated, John, because they feel like had this come out before the election, for example, um, it could have made a difference. Um, It could have made perhaps a difference if some of these bureaucrats um, had been fired. Um, is there more that could have been done to expedite this? Uh, should the president have left, for example, A.G. Barr in charge of things the way that he did? Um, th- what could have gone differently to get this into the hands of the public a long time ago? And, and should things have gone differently to expedite this?
6: Listen, all throughout this process, Republicans have been slow to go on offense. They had all of the ammunition necessary to tell, show the American public exactly how bad this was. And how many of the dirty tricks the Democrats pulled off during the Trump presidency uh, could have been exposed before the election, and they just they were slow and bumbling across up and down the thing. Today, Lindsey Graham finally releases interviews that go all the way back that he did back in March of last year, and we're only getting them now. Across the board, I think the team Republican Republican team did a, a really weak job in getting information that would have been beneficial to them, not only to the voters for making decisions on election day, but for America beginning to regain confidence in the institutions that let us down in the Russia case. Uh, They get a low-grade score, but the president has been relentless. I can tell you that he's been relentless in pushing to get these things out. I think at the end, he ultimately grabbed the documents himself and said, I'm doing this. And good for him for (laughs) doing that. (laughs)
1: Yeah, the president has uh, been a one-man team a lot of times, it seems like, in his relentlessness, along with we the people, who I think have never stopped pushing, too. John, the mainstream media spent years pushing this, of course, fake uh, Russia collusion. Uh, Will we see any mainstream media correction, do you believe, on this?
6: Not until the American people demand that they do a better job. Listen. 50 some odd billion dollars of value has been drained from Facebook and Twitter in the last week since they kicked President Trump off. That's a consequence that the CEOs and the investors of those companies now feel. The media companies who've driven these false narratives time and time and again haven't felt that pain yet, but at some point, there's going to be a mass exodus. We saw the recent Pew poll that said, Trust, a Gallup poll, I'm sorry, uh, that trust in American uh, media is at an all time low. In fact, 30% say they don't trust a single word of the media anymore. Uh, There's a reckoning coming for the daily media, and that's what makes opportunities like Real America's Voice, Just the News, and others that are committed to telling the truth in a neutral voice uh, all the more attractive in this environment. People are flocking to these new places that do journalism the way it used to be done.
1: Uh, And John, I just have to ask have you been invited on any of the legacy media outlets?
6: Uh no, no. Other than Fox News, <laughs> no, 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 no. That's no. a short. Not that's a short,
1: short answer. It's a very I figured that was the answer. No. I just, <laughs> yeah. All right. And uh, and do you expect John that we will um we that we will see what all do you expect that we will see coming up before Wednesday?
6: I for another round of pardons. I, I expect the president to do a large number of pardons, and then I think the systematic release of these documents. And there may also be a release out of the State Department of a very explosive Ukraine document about Joe Biden. I'm working to secure that document. Uh, So there'll be a lot of things to be talking about. It will not be a restful week in Washington. And then, of course, we have a new president inaugurated on uh, Wednesday, January 20th. So we'll be working hard here in Washington, along with you and our great colleagues at Real America's Voice. going to be a busy week
1: going to be a busy week. John, thank you so much for taking time out of it to be with us. We always Thanks, appreciate Gina. you and our wonderful partners there at Just the News. Coming up, D.C. has been locked down ahead of the inauguration, but just four years ago, we saw the city ransacked by looters and rioters as Trump was taking the oath of office. What changed in four years? We're going to discuss that up next with Dr. Gina Primetime. Hey. Welcome back to Dr. Gina Primetime. We are now five days from the inauguration of Joe Biden. Washington, D.C. has brought in tens of thousands of National Guard troops and a handful of protesters will be allowed in the city to specified protest zones far from anyone who can actually hear them, but every person will be run through metal detectors and screened as if they are heading into dine with the president. Although it's interesting to consider that after a gunman who was a Bernie Sanders supporter came to D.C. to kill GOP congressmen and nearly did kill Steve Scalise, there there was little if any change to security on Capitol Hill, but now the entire city has been militarized. Just making note of that. Here to discuss former FBI National Joint Terrorism Task Force member Steve Rogers and here in studio with me, attorney and executive director of USA Strong, Aaron Elmore. Uh, Steve, to you first. This is a little much. Tens of thousands of troops, virtually no one allowed to attend the inauguration. Uh, They can gather in groups of 100. They're going through metal detectors as if they were dining with the president. But uh, you know, you fire on a congressman and almost kill him, and little to no changes are made. Uh, the inconsistencies are overwhelming, are they not?
3: Well, there are many inconsistencies, and let's begin with the fact that there are even members of Congress on the Democrat socialist side calling for the removal uh, from Congress of those representatives who supported the president. Look, I recall in June of 2018, Maxine Waters incited violence, in my view by telling her supporters to go out, to go to the restaurants, to go to the barbershops, to go to the malls, go wherever. When you run into a Trump supporter, you push back on them. You confront them. To me, you know what? If it's a, a standard that they have placed on the foot of the president of the United States, we need to place it at their foot. Absolutely double standard, hypocritical.
1: Aaron, you know, you look at the prosecutions that are taking place, especially with regard to what happened at the Capitol last week. But then you look back, I remember uh, the retired police officer in St. Louis who was doing, you know, doing really essentially a volunteer job, I believe, that night um, that he was killed. Um, you look at the various police officers that were shot, the people that were killed um, in the various riots, the looting, the burning, um, the theft that took place in the name of protests. You know, you don't protest by stealing Gucci handbags. I'm sorry, you just don't. Um, but none of those, virtually none of those people paid any sort of price for the crimes they committed. And yet, we're seeing all sorts of prosecutions and um, and all sorts of... Uh, media attention on this. As an attorney, what has
7: happened to our justice system? I mean, it's really sad to see that the left and the right have completely different definitions of justice. I'm from Philadelphia and we fled because I saw firsthand these weren't peaceful protests. There was property being defaced. I had to walk my seven-year-old past stores that had expletives and terrible words, spray painted. Every TV was smashed out. Windows were smashed. Businesses were destroyed. Looting, rioting, burning fires all i would hear was helicopters over my head and police sirens on the ground like you were living in baghdad and that's a true example of what was happening and they were just peaceful protests over the summer no one was prosecuted but there was another reason why the police officers were scared to go after these criminals because then there would be race riots if they were of different ethnicities yeah so the hypocrisy rings like a bell from the left and it's really hard to watch because everyone should have law and order it shouldn't be two different justice systems you and I were there
1: last week. We um, We were. ran into each other in the airport. You and I were both there. We saw the rally. Yeah. Uh, it was a peace-loving, um, a lot of happy people there to support what they saw as a president that was supporting their constitution. Um, I didn't see any of this violence. The only violence I saw was people running away from the Capitol once the rubber bullets and the tear gas bombs started flying. Um, I didn't see any of the violent people that we were told about except for as people were coming out of the building. I interviewed interviewed several people who were witness to these people that they told me were not Trump supporters. That's just what I was told. Um, and it looks like some of the evidence is coming down that looks like some of that at least is true in part. Um, we can't say that there were no Trump supporters who went in. We can't say that there were no Trump supporters who were responsible for that. The facts will bear that out. And we're waiting for those. But by and large, um, we know that for the last four years, there has been a multitude of violence, Aaron, that has taken place, and essentially
7: no one has been held accountable for that will they ever be held accountable I don't think so but you and I have been to how many Trump rallies over the past four years yeah dozens and dozens have you ever seen one act of violence never never they are peaceful. they are fun because Trump supporters love our flag they don't deface the flag they love America they support this country they love each other no one hurts anyone, hurts any property. We've been to dozens and dozens of these events. They don't even
1: litter, Erin. You leave, I know. And, I, and I was there the morning uh, on the Capitol Mall, the morning after the women's protest, the morning after the inauguration of the president four years ago, and it was you couldn't walk. It was so trash. Uh, quite a contrast, uh, Steve. And I know that you've been around since uh, well before, um, well before the Trump presidency, and a number of tea parties and things like that that, that you've attended um, as well, and 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 never. Never, never do conservatives typically leave a mess or create violence. Um, so that's why it's hard to believe um, that this was, um, you know, that this that this sort of thing is something that you really have to worry about from a futuristic standpoint in terms of Trump people and Trump rallies. But what are you hearing, Steve, in terms of, um, you know, we keep hearing that Trump people are so dangerous and that there's all this, you know, all this chatter out there and social media and they have to have all these FBI agents everywhere all up in Trump people's business and we have to shut all Trump people off of all social media. I know I think Raheem, Raheem Kassama, our own uh, one of our own people was uh, taken off, I believe, of Twitter today, if I'm not mistaken, at least suspended temporarily. I'm not completely sure. Um, but is that is that necessary right now, Steve?
3: Gina, it's not what I'm hearing. It's what I'm seeing. And uh, I like to look at it. I spent my entire career in law enforcement, so I deal with facts. Facts, period. And here's some facts. And your guest uh, that you just spoke to articulated this very well. When you look at the thousands and thousands of rallies that President Trump held over the past four years, and the tens of thousands of people who showed up, there was absolutely no violence to the magnitude, not even close to the magnitude that we saw take place in Washington. There may have been a little fistfight here, a little pushing there, but the reason why it didn't take place is that as your guest just said, the overwhelming majority of these American patriots who support the president love our flag they love our country, they, they love to obey the law, and they love law enforcement. But what we've seen happen, and again, I lean back on my experience as a law enforcement officer, any type of rally, whether it's a left rally, a right rally, a middle uh, of the road rally, anarchists, troublemakers, and bad actors are going to show up. It happened here, and the, for the most part, the people that went to that rally were good law-abiding citizens. You cannot convince me, or any American, that the PTA mothers and the soccer moms and the dads that coached Little League went to that rally to cause trouble. Who went there to cause trouble? Anti-Americans. Who went there to cause trouble? People that are, are, are off their rockers. And the fact of the matter is it happens on the left and on the right. So no, we don't have to worry about Trump supporters, but I'll tell you who we have to worry about. We have to worry about career politicians who, in my view, have fostered a lot of this. You know, they want to blame the president. Well, he's only been around for four years. But a lot of these career politicians have been around forever. And the the Democrats and Republicans are fed up with them. And it's about time that they get removed from office. And that's why I've always supported term limits. You know, you have term limits. You don't have career politicians. You don't have lobbyists. You don't have special interests. You have people like Donald J. Trump, our president, who will truly represent the best interests of America.
1: Uh, During the BLM-Antifa riots in 2020, there were over a billion dollars of damage done in major cities across America. At least 30 deaths, over 2,000 police officers injured, 97 police cars burned, 624 incidents of arson, almost 2,400 incidents of looting. Steve, I haven't seen a bail fund for those arrested at the Capitol last week, but the soon-to-be vice president... The soon-to-be vice president, Kamala Harris, helped raise money for a bail fund that would spring Antifa and BLM rioters out of jail who were arrested. So uh, who was it inciting and that was excusing violence? And can you imagine, can you imagine if uh, Ted Cruz or a uh, Josh Hawley or, um, you know, a, a Lauren Boebert, uh, you know, created a fund to spring people uh, out of jail for what happened last week?
3: Well, look, you're absolutely right. But the fact of the matter is, is that these individuals will be held accountable uh, in due course. I mean, the American people are not stupid uh, right now. uh, They're in their honeymoon stage. But all that changes in a few weeks. And keep in mind this, Gina, this is very, very important. And we cannot keep our eye off the ball of one organization, and that is the Chinese Communist Party. Someway, somehow, they got their hand in this. Uh, This is what they do. They're patient. They've infiltrated our country. Now, I'm not saying they financed or they orchestrated this riot, but I've got to tell you, they've helped spread propaganda that added fuel to this uh, uh, riot that we had down there. It wasn't caused by Trump supporters. It wasn't the president who incited this. Years and years of career politicians and now opening up the gates, as Joe Biden will, to the Chinese Communist Party to come on in and to spread more propaganda that will create an atmosphere of more violence. I hope it doesn't happen, but... It looks like we're headed that way
1: at this point aaron do we call the democrats democrats or what do we call them when it appears that um they're going to excuse the ccp over and
7: over and over again if not side with them excuse them i mean the democrat party has already made it abundantly clear that the chinese communist party is their friend and if you remember back to the cold war Every American, even schoolchildren, knew that Russia was our enemy. Now only half of the population, that's Republicans, realize that the Chinese Communist Party is out to destroy us. I talk to Democrats that say that's not true. I say, I have two books for you to read. You Will Be Assimilated and The Hundred-Year Marathon by Michael Pillsbury. These books lay out the Chinese government's plan. They want to destroy us. Hundred years from when communism took over, it's just about now. They want to do it with trickery, deception, not with war. They've infiltrated every industry, whether it's our Natural resources, our manufacturing, 97% of our antibiotics are made in China. Everyone should stop right now and listen to that statistic. What does that tell you? If there was a disruption to that supply chain or if they corrupted that supply chain, we would have massive deaths and forget the coronavirus, this would kill millions and millions of Americans. But the- Or Democrats, if
1: they colluded with the AMA to overprescribe them so that they became ineffective, just saying.
7: Also very true. <laughs> yeah, you're completely right. But the left is getting paid. So their wallet is more important than their integrity.
1: It's, it's an interesting time to be alive. Uh, Steve, you know, in terms of the, the, the terrorism that we are used to studying, which was really, um, you know, out of the Middle East, and President Trump largely just sort of... It, vaporized that concern, by and large. I mean, that concern as it existed four years ago has completely changed under President Trump. There's very little credit given, but that's a reality. Um, the terror that we are experiencing today is much quieter, uh, much better infiltrated. Um, as Aaron mentioned, um, perhaps even within our own corporate, um, corporate you know, existence, um, perhaps even within our own government. Um, what do we do now?
3: Well, I can tell you that the foot soldiers out there, and I'm talking about the FBI agents who I know and the national security people who I've gained to uh, know over the years, they're gonna do their job and they're gonna continue to protect our country. Uh, But saying that, uh, I I am concerned that once the Democrat Socialist Party uh, begins to move forward with uh, clearly appears to me a not so friendly foreign policy with regard to Israel and a more friendly foreign policy with regard to Iran, We may not have just uh, these uh, uh, incidents of domestic terrorism. We may fall right back into a situation where some country like Iran uh, may begin to uh, sponsor some uh, terrorism here again. I hope it doesn't happen, but I've got to tell you, our country is divided. There is going to be no unity under uh, Joe Biden uh, uh, unless he gets his act together and does what's right for this country. But I will tell you this. We are Americans, all right? We win. Uh, your Irwin just mentioned the Cold War, it was Ronald Reagan who defeated the Soviet Communist Party. We will defeat the Chinese Communist Party in any terrorist-sponsored state as we move forward come hell or high water.
1: All right. Well, thank you so much to Aaron Elmore and Steve Rogers, appreciate both of you. Coming up, just when you thought Don Lemon couldn't get any worse, he just pushed it a little bit further. You won't believe what he said this time. That's up next, more Dr. Gina Primetime coming up back in a moment. Welcome back to Dr. Gina Primetime. Now we kick off this segment with a fake news alert. Don Lemon over at CNN says if you voted for Trump, you are lumped in with Nazis and the KKK. Watch.
3: Well, you can't say that everybody who voted for Trump is like the people who went into the Capitol. Response. If, if you are on that side,
6: you need to think about the side you're on. I'm never on the side of the Klan. I am never principal people, conservative or liberal, never on the Klan side. Principal people, conservative or liberal, never on the Nazi side. Principal people who are conservative or liberal, never on the side that treats their, their fellow Americans as less than. True.
3: Right, and if they Princi- say, I don't agree with those people, I just like Trump's policy. Well, then get out of the crowd with them. Get out of the crowd. I wasn't in the crowd. I just voted for Trump. You're in the
6: crowd who voted for Trump. If you voted for Trump, you voted for the person who
3: the Klan supported.
1: Just unbelievable. All right, here to discuss somebody who does not support Nazis or the KKK. She told me herself, our West Coast correspondent, Amanda Head. Amanda, what is your reaction to hearing that?
8: never on the side of the kkk bro you're literally in the party of the kkk now look i (laughs) I, i feel like somebody in the writer's room is dialing it in because these people need some new material and i know at least for our side you know this is always kind of a yawn moment because oh the left is comparing us to the kkk the left is comparing us to nazis or hitler or goebbels and and we all know history um we know you know, the ideology that's attached to those types of movements or organizations. And we know that that is actually straight in line with the Democrats' history. The unfortunate thing is that, innocuous as it may seem to our side, because we do have that intelligence, there are still so many people who are not educated in history, who haven't read books, um on on historical events who ha- who don't know what led up to world war ii who don't know the history of the kkk or how the democrats opposed you know jim or Dem- democrats supported jim crow and supported you know keeping women from being able to vote and keeping blacks from able to vote but there is a portion of our population who unfortunately due to our uh, our education system such as it is have not learned that those things are a part of maybe not the democrat party now but, but those are the roots of the Democrat Party, so as, as much as I laugh these things off because I don't take these people seriously, it is a much more serious circumstance because there are people who, who do listen to them and do take them seriously.
1: Amanda, as we witness the social media purge, I want to ask you about the latest video from Project Veritas. Uh, Jack Dorsey over Twitter is addressing employees and saying that their censorship isn't stopping at just Donald Trump's account. It's much bigger and will continue past the inauguration. Let's watch.
3: We do intend to do a full retro, as I said in my note, it is going to take some time. Um, and then the, the other thing, just to just to close out a little bit. we. You know, we we are focused on one account right now but this is going to be much bigger than just one account and it's going to go on for much longer than just this day this week the next few weeks it's going to go on beyond the inauguration the u.s is extremely divided um, our platform is uh, showing that uh, every single day and our role is to protect the integrity of that conversation uh, and do what we can to make sure that no one is being harmed uh, based off that and, and that is the focus and um, that is the,
1: the color I want to provide. Amanda, I've lost tens of thousands of followers now, somewhere around 40%, I believe. And uh, But also, I've unfollowed a magical amount of people that I haven't actually unfollowed. Twitter has done it for me. Now, some of the people that have unfollowed me may have left Twitter because the president has been censored, and a lot of people have left because of that. But there are many mm. accounts that have been suspended because Jack Dorsey doesn't like what they are saying. Um how's your Twitter account looking right now?
8: <laughs> um not great. I've lost I haven't lost nearly as many followers as you have. Um, but look, if, if this video hit you like a clothesline, then you haven't been paying attention. Uh, we have seen the markings of this happening for a long time. We knew that at some point they were going to purge Donald Trump from their platform from Twitter. Now it's also Facebook and YouTube and practically other, every other platform who uh, lines the pockets of, of Democrat politicians and vice versa. We have these other platforms that are options the reality is that none of them yet are up to par with the usability of platforms like Twitter and Facebook and YouTube but they're getting that way and that's the glory of the free market it's competition and people are looking for other alternatives and it's a great thing but you know he he talked about the inauguration coming up on Wednesday you look at the optics of the inauguration, you know, I don't know how many people are just like super thrilled to go see Joe Biden uh, installed as president. And you've got twenty to 25,000 National Guard members who are forced to be there uh, because of their <laughs> line of duty, literally. Um, this is not how you install legitimately elected leaders. Um, and I'm not trying to be a, a tinfoil hat lady here, but I think that there you know, there are still so many Americans who, who have a lot of legitimate questions about this election. But, you know, like I said, I don't think that too many people are going to be there. I will be there because I have to cover it, um, but it'll be interesting. We'll have a lot of great footage from that day, and, of course, we're doing top-to-bottom coverage of the events on that day from this network.
1: And Amanda, we appreciate how tirelessly you work on all of that. Um, Amanda, I want to play this video from earlier in the week. It's classic Donald Trump. He went to the border uh, wall to highlight that achievement there, but he trolled Joe Biden just a little bit. And uh, to remind you, the 25th Amendment was being talked about a lot, and the left was pushing for VP Pence to declare Trump mentally unable to be president. But President Trump reminded everyone that the 25th Amendment is much more of a threat to the new administration. Watch.
6: The 25th Amendment is of zero risk to me, but will come back to haunt Joe Biden
2: and the Biden administration. As the expression goes, be careful what you wish for.
8: (laughs)
1: Amanda, will that age well or
8: what? I saw a really funny meme earlier uh, of the, the of Joe Biden taking the presidential oath of office and the person who reads that to them. It's not the parliamentarian, I'm not sure. Chaplain, maybe. Uh, and they said, I, Joe Biden. And he says, no, I'm Joe Biden. Come on, man. <laughs> and you think <laughs> about... <laughs> The reason that the 25th Amendment is in place, it is not for Democrats to play around with and try to have the duly elected, healthy, cognizant president removed from office. It is for issues of incapacity. And that is not what we have here. But I think he's right. If you're looking at the next administration, they might think about that option. Yeah, it's funny.
1: They don't think so far ahead sometimes, and it does come back to bite them sometimes. So it will definitely be interesting to watch. This whole thing will be interesting to watch. And I hadn't thought about what you said that I think was so genius. You said this is not, you know, militarized Washington, D.C. is not how you install a legitimately elected leader. I think, Amanda quite poignant words for this evening. Thank you so much. And thank you for being with us. And thanks for for the extended coverage that I know you'll be doing for us next week. And thanks to all of you for joining me tonight. Thanks to everyone here at your new home for real news here at Real America's Voice. Join live from Studio 6B up next. Hug your children. Love your God. You go boldly now and live the truth. Good night,
5: everybody.